You are now listening to the All Right Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer. Get insider knowledge as we explore the world of business, travel, property, investing, healthy mindsets, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the All Right Talk Show. This week, I'm having a talk with Mr. Avocado. Mr. Avocado is all about financial literacy and shows that you can increase your dough whilst eating avocado. Isn't that right, Mr. Avocado? That's absolutely right. And I'm really glad that you brought my uh, my quote in there. It's a brilliant quote, don't you think? Yeah, it's one of the best that I've read personally. I thought I've got to, <laughs> I've got to get that into my show notes. So, yeah. Um, into my introduction so th- thanks for coming on anyway how are you i'm good i'm good um yeah it's been a really busy day to be honest outside of the uh the mr avo stuff but i'm good otherwise and i'm excited to be uh talking about finance content how are you doing yeah uh, i'm fantastic uh really good glad to have you on and um yeah looking forward to uh to the discussion today which we're going to talk about a lot of topics in finance and uh, a lot of juicy stuff yeah, let's start with just uh, with a bit about yourself and what you do and your background. Yeah, sure. So um, by trade, I'm a chartered accountant uh, and that's what I do on a daily basis. That's my nine to five. I'm a, I'm a finance manager uh, within technology. Um, so the Mr. Avocado thing is kind of optional, voluntary, I guess, fun. Uh, it seems strange a lot of people don't find finance fun and find it a bit of a bore uh, and a bit of a chore really uh, to keep on top of your finances but I've always been uh, quite a bit interested in it I um, spent a lot of time before I made the blog on forums and and reddit and reading articles and stuff on the BBC about finance and it really intrigued me Uh, and I thought why not uh, start, start a page and start relaying some of that content back out to the people and hopefully um i guess teach people uh yeah. some things which they were concerned or unsure about yeah awesome and it was was it like is that when you decided that where you had a passion for it and you was like okay maybe i could show people that it's like actually quite easy and it can be fun uh to talk about finance yeah i wanted to make it fun i wanted to make it easily digestible so you'll see on most of my posts I try and kind of condense quite a bit of information into one little square uh, on Instagram sometimes I do you know uh, tip into a couple of slides but my goal is always right this is a a fairly complex topic uh, for your average Joe how can I make this a bit prettier and fit it all into one page and it's, it's really interesting because some, some of the stuff I talk about you know like how I don't know how you calculate your income tax was one which I did recently and it just occurred to me that when I was uh, when I was training for accountancy like it took me the lectures probably spoke about that you know for a couple of hours uh, and you know following following on from that a couple of homeworks and all of that stuff to learn about it and I was able to just slot all of that information into one slide uh and 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 it tells you everything you really really need to know about calculating your income tax isn't that crazy works you don't need to go to university you just need to go on mr avocado's instagram page exactly yeah and you're <laughs> pretty much a chartered accountant not really yeah, uh, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> are you giving out degrees <laughs> yeah maybe mr avo's uh, yeah. school of finance is that's the next one that's the next yeah. goal Mate, that's the next one. Yeah, you should get people on little, uh, like little seminars together and do Mr. Arvo's finance courses or something, something to monetize your your page in the future. Hopefully, yeah, that's the yeah. goal one day. Nice. So, actually, I'm going to talk about. Let's talk about your actual Instagram page. I want to know where did the name Mr. Avocado come from? Are you just a massive lover of avocados? Is that like your favorite thing to eat? <laughs> I mean, I am. But I can't say with 
any confidence that that was the primary motivation behind me choosing that name. Um, I actually went through a few uh, iterations of names. Some names, some of them were horrible. Uh, some of them were better than others. Um, but it's an interesting question because I always thought it was really obvious and just kind of well known by everyone, all of us millennial people, that we were often judged for the amount we spent on avocado toast and it, it's, it's a metaphor right it's a metaphor yeah. when, when people yeah. say millennials spend too much on avocado to avocado toast i don't think they literally <laughs> mean we do but they just mean that you know we spend most of our saturdays out at these brunch cafes in central london spending 25 pounds on uh some avocado toast basically and a coffee um so I basically played with that and I said, is that, is, is that really, is, is that really true? Is that really the reason that so many, so many millennials struggle to get on the property ladder um, and struggle to save up enough for a deposit? Surely not. The reality is it's not, you know, property prices have increased massively over the last two decades. And the reality is that wages have not increased in line with property prices and it's, it's, it's really easy uh, for millennials to get demotivated by those facts and then you've kind of got the media beating you with this stick saying <laughs> you're not trying hard enough you keep eating keep eating avocado uh, so yeah I just used that uh, played on it and created the, um, the identity basically. Wow that's actually a really cool uh, backstory of how you got that name I thought it was just gonna be like ah. Oh, yeah, I like avocados. It was a, you know, it's a playful name. And pe <laughs> people like them, so why not? You know, but that's actually a really uh, interesting backstory, and yeah, it really makes sense actually. And uh, just go you touch on that point. Actually, you said about uh, the government probably beating the millennials with a stick. It's like it's true. Uh, they do say. Yeah, I think I've seen headlines like that in the media before, and it is unfair. And it kind of that I think that sometimes can put that thought into young people's mindset. And then they probably yep. think, but then that's what they probably think then, don't they? It's just, I think it's, a, yeah, it's a slippery slope because mm. you put that, you put that idea into the mind of say a millennial and they start feeling bad thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't be enjoying myself on the weekend. Uh, start doing it less, start getting more and more unhappy. And the reality is that cutting out that, that one joy you might have and, as I say, it may not be avocado toast on the weekend, right? It might be your daily uh, coffee or something like that. And the reality is it's it's going to help. Don't get me wrong. If you cut out that daily coffee, it's going to help you get closer to your goal. But it's not, it's not an automatic uh, certainty that you will get on the property ladder uh, in, in, in the area you want to. Um, you know, I, I, I live in London, I'm trying to buy in London and the average property price here is, I think it's like, I want to say 400 and something grand, which is crazy, which is, which, is, which, is, which is a crazy high number and no amount of cutting out avocado toast is going to get you any closer uh, to the deposit goal on a property like that, not, not in a short amount of time. So. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head there, like cutting out that coffee or that avocado on toast, for instance, like, yeah, as you said, it will help a little bit. But again, if you're going to be miserable doing it, what's the point? Because yeah, yeah. it's like, well, there, there isn't any point in, in my opinion. And if something, uh, you, you know, uh, making money simple, Ryan, making money simple. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, great guy. And we had a talk. And he said, don't deprive yourself from a coffee. He said, you can buy or spend your money on anything you want, but as long as you're investing it to obviously build uh, a large cash pot in the future to, bu to buy a house, like for a deposit or something like that. So if you're like, want to buy like, you know, a house in London in the next 20 years, you could probably put your uh, money in a stocks and shares ISO or like that app money box, which actually yeah. helps you to, to buy a house. Um, and you can still enjoy your coffee and your avocado toast, but maybe if you are doing it every day, then maybe you could cut it out a few times a week. Yeah. But yeah, I have to, I have to say, yeah, I'm not, not backtracking, but I was just going to say it is worth uh, evaluating 
these small incremental uh, purchases. You know, you don't want to be making them blindly. Um, but I'm just saying the, the 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 viewpoint that oh, you cut it out and you're there, you're done. There you go. You've got your house in Hampstead. Like it's, it, it doesn't work like that. Mm. Uh, it's not as straightforward as that. And, and I really like Ryan's point, actually. Instead of, or in addition to, you know, concerning ourselves about the little expenses which we spend on each day, we should also worry about increasing the income, the top line. And if we do that, then we won't need to concern ourselves so much with cutting out the uh, little expenses. Exactly. So I like, yeah, I like that viewpoint. Yeah. And also, while cre- increasing your income, you can do things like uh, side hustles, uh, uh, yeah. multiple streams of income, um, you know, start a small business, whether that's on something like Etsy or offering your, you know, because everyone's got a skill, haven't they? Uh, another one of my guests, we talked about ev- everybody has got skill in somewhere or another, whether you, you, whether you know it or not. And you can offer that uh, freelance um, and just even if you have to do a few uh, freebies to begin with uh, to start your business and then you build it up and then that's another income then. Uh, but even if it's a couple of pound extra a week income or a month, it's still something that you didn't have before. And it's class as another um, stream of income, isn't it, to help towards your goals? And it is, yeah. Technically, your coffee is free then if you get that couple of extra pound a week. Yeah, it's huge at the minute. Um, side hustling, I've, I've definitely seen an explosion in it uh over the last year it makes sense you know everybody's um everybody's locked down at home and you've got all these ideas in your head and it's just the perfect time to implement them i think it's a really good thing and my my belief is within a couple of years it will almost become the norm uh to have a second job and i guess you can have your opinion on that maybe it's not a good thing for people to be working so hard but often these side hustles are actually based around your passions rather than something which you have to do as part of your day job you know you see people baking cakes um and stuff like that so um yeah it's really positive that's right and some of the side incomes as well uh yeah you're right you touched on that the passion uh some and some of these passions like let's say for instance youtube is a side hustle well-known one but the it's almost like a uh almost close to a passive income so once you've got your content on there for the month or if you planned it in advance the money just rolls in and even if you didn't do content on there for a while and you've got your channel monetized the the amount of money you can get from you know google ads and whatever is absolutely insane i've seen some of the uh some what some of the youtubers are earning on there uh and it's absolutely ridiculous you know we're talking thousands and thousands a month it's insane isn't it when when are you uh when are we going to see the all right youtube page it's already there oh is it <laughs> my, yeah. my bad yeah. uh, i'll be hitting that subscribe button <laughs> later tonight <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame um that i can't see you but i'll still pop this on youtube but um obviously everyone that will be watching this on the youtube mr avocado wants to stay incognito so i'll be popping a picture of an avocado on the video i reckon and that, that can Just be a nice, a nice thing to look at yeah 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 who doesn't like <laughs> but uh, cool so yeah moving on then so where did you personally learn the skills you have such as investing and budgeting was it just through when you wanted to go into the finance industry or was it even before university or anything like that did your parents have did your parents like stuff like that and they taught you from an early age or no not really they're more old school um in terms of not really investing their money mm-hmm. unless it's in property that's their belief um that, that, that's where the growth is and to be fair probably not wrong in a lot of areas of the uk um and definitely not uh, at, at university i just um i used to just spend whatever came in if i'm being completely honest and the worst thing is i thought that was normal um i thought everyone was doing that i thought you know that's what your salary's for it comes in you spend it and then you wait for your next paycheck to come in i wasn't really thinking about the future i wasn't really thinking about the need yeah. to save for a deposit and whether i might need that and do you know what it it really frustrates me now thinking back i don't like to dwell on the past too much mm. it's just um it's just a belief of mine you got to move forward because uh, you can't change the past but it does frustrate me that i wasn't on top of it um back then because 
you know it's, it's it's quite popular these posts you see on instagram and stuff where you know people project what your investments would have been if you'd started 10 years before you did depressing and sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all of that uh all that incremental growth is crazy mm. um all that interest uh so, so sometimes i think about that also because my, my uni course was a bit strange but i basically got paid uh to go to uni rather than paying so right. i had the money i could have invested it i was just spending it and i couldn't even tell you what i spent it on shane honestly nothing worthwhile like all i remember is at uni i had loads of amazon parcels just loads coming in i i don't know where they are now i don't know what they were just random things you know what i mean i was buying gopros but not going anywhere with it <laughs> i was just like buying loads of kit um so yeah i was pretty, a pretty bad money uh back then and then i think what really um triggered me and got me to make changes and start budgeting and and starting budgeting was a key thing by the way it was and when i say start budgeting i mean putting the numbers down on the page uh and i'm more of an excel guy but you know you could do this um you could do this on a piece of paper obviously but just writing down my income and what i expected to go out in any given month just changed everything for me i was like wow i'm you know i'm not going to have enough uh and oftentimes i wouldn't you know sometimes i would end the month uh a couple of hundred pounds in my overdraft and i would just think well look get paid in a couple of days no biggie <laughs> it's just such a strange mindset yeah isn't it to think i'll cover myself in a couple of um days but then i'm just going to be in this consistent cycle of being in negative um so yeah i put everything down on a page and i understood everything and also i was able to keep track of everything because i was able to go into my bank account and say ah oh, here's a subscription that's going to come out every month let me write that down um and it gave me the chance to interrogate and question that spend as well so for example let's say it's gym membership am i really using the gym mm, not really maybe this isn't the best um maybe this isn't the best thing to be spending uh my money on mm. so yeah once i got everything down on a page that's when i was able to uh budget better it, it, in terms of investing you asked about investing as well I'd say that kind of happened for me. Uh, first of all, when I started to understand the impact of inflation on my money and the fact that it would reduce the buying power of my money if I left my money in uh, a current account which had a woeful interest rate. And secondly, just talking to friends, to be honest, um, a lot of my friends were interested in finance uh, and investing. Uh, and one guy just mentioned Vanguard. Um, always plugging Vanguard. I don't mean to. I, don't get I love paid it. For it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. It's just mm. so easy to use. So it's just like a natural plug. It's like a genuine. They're good. So I speak about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he was quite keen on his Vanguard index funds, uh, and basically just taught me about it. Got me involved, uh, and I started um, inputting. So one month, I just, you know, said every month I want a couple of hundred to go into this and I never look back. It's been like that ever since. So uh, many years now. Spot on. And you know what you said? You don't dwell on the past. Like, I think it's like you're right. Don't dwell on it. But it's good to look back to to assess how far you've come and how your mindset has changed and it's switched for the better and for the positive. And that I, I've been in your shoes as well, where like, I've you know, I've been in uh, work uh, since I was 18. And, uh, you know, I was, I think at the time I was getting 1100 pounds a month and I probably left with like maybe a hundred. I was like, but I had nothing to, sh well, I had a car and a, a flat that I was renting, but yeah, I didn't really have anything to yeah. show for it. And I was just like, there's gotta be more to life for this. And it took me a long time. I'm 28 now. So it took me 10 years to realize that, okay, I need to start investing my money. And I've like, since this whole kind of year and a half, I've just completely shifted my mindset and just decided to get my life and finances in more so my finances in control, but my life in terms of where I want to go and what I want to do and yeah. build build wealth and how I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that through property and then through property, build wealth through that and then buy businesses and so on and so forth. But uh, but no, I think that's uh, that's great at what you did. You know, you got control of your expenses and uh, you came across you know the legendary Vanguard. And uh, 
started yeah. investing and do, do you mind me asking um what your uh what index fund you invested yeah yeah so it's interesting so to be honest initially i invested in uh and i want to say this was three or four years ago something like that something like that so initially i started investing in this um, index fund called life strategy 80 um and it was recommended to me by my mate and i'll be honest i didn't do too much due diligence i just understood the basics Mm. that it was a riskier fund it was 80% 80% allocated to equities or stocks in companies which are uh, usually considered riskier assets. And then 20% was allocated to bonds, which are safer assets. So I did a bit of reading online and I understood that as I was young, I was about 25 when I started doing this, as I was fairly young, I could handle the risk in the long term. So mm-hmm. I thought, I want to go for something riskier because I can handle the risk in the long term and the reward will be larger. If it dips 10% tomorrow, I don't really care. Um, I was speaking with the same mate who got me into it and he was saying, you know, a lot of the fun which has been happening over the last, uh, I've got a bit of FOMO. I'm not really benefiting from all Mm. of the fun that's been happening this year and everybody else is. So I took a look at my own portfolio and I started to spread it. Uh, So I stuck, I think, 50% in uh, something called the Vanguard, I think, USA Fund, S&P 500. Um, Is that the ETF of VUSA? VUSA, that's the one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I stuck it in there, um, which is a fund primarily focused on S&P 500 companies, which is effectively the US's uh, equivalent of the London Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. And then I also stuck some into an ethical investment fund so an esg investment fund i can't remember the precise name it's that um environment social and governments right it is yeah and this is basically just a i like to think that i want to support these companies because of what they do so they are more ethical companies and i want to say that all of their um, underlying businesses are aimed at the greater good of um, humanity. I don't think that's always true. You will look through the list, to be honest, and you'll find a couple of companies in there and thinking this is a terrible company. <laughs> I don't know what it's doing in an ESG fund. Yeah, yeah. But o- overall, the companies in there are um, focused on ethical um, ethical business. And to be honest, my belief is over the next couple of years, the governments around the world will support that. So I support those companies. Um, because, for example, take a company like Tesla, which obviously manufacture electric cars and the government would rather we drove more electric cars because they have to meet certain CO2, CO2 emission targets. So they'll probably help companies like that. And you already see it today. I think if you want to plug in a or set up a plug-in of an electric car charging point outside your house, you can actually get a grant from the government to do that. So it's a small thing, but you can see how the government are looking to support companies like Tesla. Uh, and those are the type of companies which are sit, sat in these ESG funds. So I just had this belief that if the government keeps supporting those companies, those companies are going to grow and therefore the index fund is going to grow. Um, so yeah, I stashed uh, a percentage of my money in there as well. And then uh, I think I stashed the last percentage into the... This podcast is sponsored by Paul McGee at ProSource Limited. Paul sources single-up properties in the Northwest for clients who want a more personalised approach. He deep dives into your property investment goals to help establish the best strategy for your individual needs and goes out to find properties that match. Using both on and off market techniques and an ethical approach, Paul ensures a win-win for both buyers and the sellers. So if you're looking to kickstart your investment journey into the Northwest, I urge you to contact Paul via his website www.prosourced.co.uk or through his Instagram at RealPaulMcGee and book a free call with him today. FTSE Global All Cap. Is it the FTSE Global All Cap? Yes. It's a Global All Cap, yes. Vanguard Global All Cap, which is a, re- a really popular one uh, generally. And they that, that fund just invests in companies all over the world and tends to do quite well. It's, it's kind of a catch-all. It's like if you're unsure, go for that one. Yeah, awesome. You know what? I have the exact same as yourself. The same, uh, same allocation. Same allocation. The only thing that's different, uh, did, sorry, do you, you know, you had the, um, 
the life strategy 80 20 do you no longer have that no nah, i chucked that yeah i chucked it so i have <laughs> i <angry>. have <laughs> i have the hundred <laughs> i i I have the 100, 100% equity of that one. So that's that's the riskier one, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I have yeah, that. Yeah. And that's what I pumped majority of the money in, into. But only recently, uh, last month's paycheck, so January's paycheck, that's when I changed it and put it into the FTSE All World Cap. Uh, yeah. So, so I have, I'm putting a, every pay down, putting a large percentage into, large of my investable income into the FTSE All World and then, smaller amounts into the life strategy but i might mix it up um yeah no that's down fair, the line that's fair enough yeah i did think about it it just yeah as i say i was just a bit angry i can't explain it i just thought over the last year like everybody's just been having this party mm. uh off the back of these u.s tech stocks and i've just been um sat here in my life strategy just chugging i mean it's done, it's done okay mm. uh but definitely not uh, the level of gains which um, some of these US focused funds have seen and I mean there's an interesting point to be made here actually which is yes we often say I often say on my page you know stick your money in an index fund and forget about it don't don't you know don't keep checking it and watching it because ideally you don't really want to be touching that money for a long time but actually I think to an extent you should keep one eye on it um, and manage the allocation of your funds and just make sure that they're in the right places mm. uh, as, 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 as things change. Um, and j- j- just expanding this point, Shane, I guess often we, you know, a lot of people invest in pensions mm. and obviously pensions, well, the way it works is if you, if, if you invest in your um, employer's pension, then your employer will employ a a pension manager who will take the money you invest in your pension and allocate that to investments basically probably a lot of these index funds which we're talking about here and i think it often it's easy just to let that manager go off and do what he's doing and assume that he knows what he's doing but there could be a big difference you know you're investing in your pension over the next what 35 40 years where you put that money could make a huge difference to your final balance. So I would just say to everyone, it's worth putting on your to-do list uh, a a check-in, just a check-in with your work pension provider to understand where they're sticking your money. You might not agree with it and you probably have the option of changing that. Yeah, totally agree. And um, in fact, I read a book recently called uh, How to Own the World by Andrew Craig. Have you heard of that book at all? I've heard of it. I think I saw you, you might have put it on your story or something. I did. Yeah, so yeah. I've recently finished it and oh my God, it's such a fantastic book and it, I highly recommend it to anybody that wants to get into investing. It's the 101 of investments and it makes it sound easy, but it goes into the detail of everything from property to bonds to stocks, stocks and shares to, to even crypto. Uh, but he touched on the pensions as well. It didn't, sorry, the whole chapter on the pensions and he mentioned that about work pensions actually yeah. go in and find out where your work pension is being invested because in fact it might be crap so you could probably yeah. do something better better do something about it and yeah as you said see a good return at the end when you go to retire yeah absolutely i agree because if you think about it this fund manager who's managing where your pension's allocated he may be um he or she whoever it may be may be assessed on more short-term goals so what I mean by that is they're, they're, the pension company who they work for might say, you need to you know, generate, I don't know, 5% of returns this year or something like that, or 2%, at least 2%, or you can't go negative, something like that. So I think their motivation will be to go for something which is, which is going to grow, but maybe not too risky because they don't want to risk coming under 0% uh, at the end of the year. But me, again, being young and having a longer time horizon to um, navigate all the uh, the rises and falls of my pension balance, I wouldn't mind being in a riskier asset. So if I saw that the pension provider was in something a bit too conservative for my liking, I would say to them, you know, take this out of there 
and can you put it in something with a bit higher risk because I want to see higher higher rewards. So um, yeah, definitely one for everybody to look at. I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spot on. So yeah, if anyone is listening tomorrow morning, get onto your pension provider or today now. <laughs> yeah right now yeah yeah pause pause the podcast pause the podcast yeah you got it all right excellent <laughs> so i just want to delve a little bit into why you think financial intelligence is key yeah absolutely um okay it's a tough question <laughs> but um i think it kind of goes back to what we've been speaking about just then around pensions and investing and a long-term time horizon. And, 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 and actually, it, it reminds me of a book I've just finished called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a really, really popular book this year. Mm. But it's all about making small changes every single day, which could massively affect your life in the long term. And the reason I say that is I think sometimes when we think about finance and investing and budgeting and just being being smart with your money it, it doesn't seem worth it on a on a day-to-day basis you know saving that saving that 25 pounds at 50 pounds um saving that 50 pounds a month just doesn't seem like much but i think in the in, in the long term all of those incremental savings on a monthly basis really add up and really put you in a strong strong stronger position mm. So I think you only really understand that when you start thinking more carefully about finance and gaining financial intelligence, which is what we try and teach um, on our on our various various blogs. So I think it's absolutely crucial that everybody gains some level of financial intelligence so that they make sure that they're maximizing the value they're getting from all corners of their life financially. So pensions, investments, budgeting, saving, property, all of these different areas have a significant impact impact on your finances today, but also massively in the future. And I think I think I, per, I personally prefer to think about it as like personal financial intelligence, because I think everybody's situation is different. Mm-hmm. For example, there's some people who, you know, I I, I know some people who pay rent of like a grand on say a one bed flat in um, London Bridge or something like that, right? And personally, I don't think that's very financially intelligent for me. For me. That wouldn't be very financially intelligent uh, for myself because I'd be seeing a huge chunk of my monthly pay just being swallowed by rent, um, which is not gonna help me in the future. It's, uh, it's, it's sunk money going into the landlord's pocket. But there's somebody else, right, who's making, I don't know, six or seven grand a month maybe um and 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 that decision makes complete sense for them um so i think we should all be considering our personal uh finance situation um Mm. yeah i don't know if i've answered your question yeah yeah kind of rambled but yeah heavily (laughs) heavily unprepared for it (laughs) it's it's spot on really and i say to, to be honest as well like I used to find finance boring and you touched on that earlier, like people do find finance boring, but you know what? It's like, you don't have to learn how to, you know, read the stock market or learn what the banks do. You just, as you said, it's kind of individual financial intelligence. Just, just, which kind of brings me on to my next question, actually. So what are some of the key things that the everyday person person should know? So IE they need to get control of their pension to know what's going on. Know their like yep. think just basic things like maybe just check your tax code as well to make sure you're not being overtaxed because some like that's your responsibility, isn't it? At the end of the day, uh, your yep. tax code. Uh, so that's another like little thing. Things like your bills, your subscriptions. Like you mentioned, gym membership. Are you using uh, half of the subscriptions you've got going on? Could you have maybe look at your bank statement, look where you can cut cut some uh, cut some things out you're not using. Um, things like maybe. You know, do you shop at uh, what's it called? That really expensive supermarket. Um, what's it called? Whole Foods. 
Uh, I don't know. Waitrose. Waitrose, yeah. So do you shuffle Waitrose <laughs> instead of Aldi just, just so you can drive your ego? Like, <laughs> like all these things you need to just look at. And that's that's part of financial intelligence, isn't it? It doesn't have to be about reading spreadsheets and financial it jargon. Is, it is. It is. But again, it's, it's just so personal, man. Like somebody might shop at Waitrose, but maybe they can completely afford to do that. Mm. Maybe they've maybe they've worked so hard or hard enough um, or got lucky um, over uh, their their lifetime that actually it's completely fine for them Absolutely, to shop there yeah. and, they, and they value the um, the higher quality of goods which they might find there not for me but i'm really cheap um but yeah it's just it's just completely personal isn't it um definitely as, as to where, where where they see value but yeah in 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 terms of kind of i think i think your original question was almost essential things which everyone needs to do in 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 relation to personal finance i think i think going back to what i said earlier about my journey and just getting everything down on a page being honest with yourself and you know what in the early days i think i knew i should do it right like before i actually got the excel out and put the numbers on there i think you know months before i knew i should be doing this and i just didn't want to because i knew it was going to be bad news mm. you, have you ever had that have you ever had that previously like you just knew and you maybe even have it now because some months you slip right you have a really really pricey month because it's yeah. christmas or something and you just don't want to look at it you put it off you just don't mm. you put it off you don't mm. check the numbers and you just hope that next month's um, paycheck comes in and just kind of covers your shortfall but it's, it's 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 all about just being honest with yourself and the sooner you do that the sooner you can um make corrections really um and when i say corrections just 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 look if you're if you're living above your means and if you are what changes you need to make um to get back to an acceptable level but there's the, i think there's loads of other things which i would say that everybody should be doing for example if you've got a loan um maybe you took out a loan many years ago when you weren't so informed and the interest rate is ridiculous i had this i took out a loan when i was um much younger quite a large one and it was on a really hefty interest rate and it's only uh two or three years back when i got a bit more finance savvy that i actually went into my bank account went to my halifax account uh, and I reviewed the interest rate and I was like, wow, like that is ridiculous. Mm. And it was one phone call to them and it went down by like 4%. One wow. phone call. I just wow. said, can I, I don't know what you call it, like refinance this loan. Mm. Basically, they give you another loan at your current level to pay off the old loan. Um, and obviously, when I initially took out the loan, I probably wasn't making much. I was quite young. Uh, so they gave me a high interest rate um, because I was less credit worthy. Whereas when I went to refinance, obviously I'm a lot older. Um, I'm making a lot more and more reliable. Um, so they were more than happy to give me a low interest rate. And it's stuff like that which makes a big difference, but we probably just don't look at, we just let it run. Um so it's quite an important thing, I would yeah, say. Definitely. And you know what? I've just thought of something then. It's like I bet there's there's people out there that did the same thing as you got alone, but they don't even know that they probably could go into their bank and refinance their loan, like because obviously like that's that takes some kind of intelligence as well. But some people might not even know they they can do that as well. So that's like another thing that they would kind that's of so have, true. have to yeah. look, look at pages like yourselves and like making money simple to kind of get a little bit of grasp and get their thinking cap on and go, actually, I wonder if I could call up the bank and, uh, you know, maybe I could sort this load out and get it down a bit better. But uh, yeah, it's-, it's actually so true. It's, it, and to be fair, it's something I've never really spoken about mm. um, on my page. Maybe it's actually a post idea, really good post idea. But um, yeah, it yeah, it's possible, <laughs> you know, it's possible that, that that loan that you signed up for on day one, it doesn't have to be, um, doesn't have to remain the same in fact if you're is let's say your fi- your financial situation changes and you can make higher monthly repayments you can also um negotiate that right with your bank and then you pay yeah. less interest overall um so these are these are all like interesting things which i don't think everybody is aware of as you say but they make a, a big difference in, mm. in, in in the long term massively yeah massively yeah well yeah awesome um Cool. So just moving on then, I just want to get some, if you could give us like, let's say top three tips on 
people's finances in 2021 what would you do any advice for people that are looking to either save or invest yeah okay so again and i keep i keep saying this but completely depends on your personal situation for example if i if i tell you to invest let's say you were heavily in debt i probably wouldn't be telling you to invest mm-hmm. although it really it really depends right like if the interest rate on your loan is two percent and you're confident that you can get a seven percent return on your investments then maybe you're better off investing because that's a kind of a net five percent gain if that makes sense but going into 2021 my personal advice in these times would be to focus on getting yourself an emergency fund together we speak about this often on our various pages but an emergency fund is really it's like a rainy day fund right if anything was to go wrong this year you need to be able to cover yourself and i think with these uncertain times and you know you keep hearing about redundancies and people losing jobs like you just want to cover your back if you may not be able to pay your rent uh for a month or two so that would be my primary goal and 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 i hope that people would be better placed to do that because there's less travel there's no holidays really there's nothing to spend your money on is there except for um new groceries uh and Amazon, if you're anything like uh, how how I used to be, can, cancel that Amazon account or yeah. cancel the Prime. Like Prime will get you. Prime will get you, man. You'll be ordering stuff you just yeah. don't need just because it's so easy to receive it. Just the same day. Yeah, just be patient or wait the extra for a couple of days. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. It's weird how simple that rule is, but how well it works. Like just telling yourself, Do you know what, I'll come back to this tomorrow. Or in two days' time, and you'll probably be like, Do you know what? I don't even need this anymore. Forget it. Um, so, so yeah, that would absolutely be my um, be my first one. Um, my second one would be to start. I, I would never advise anybody on where to invest their money, just because I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an investment advisor, but I would say of to course. start. Yeah, exactly. But I would say to start thinking about it and um, doing some light research. Like I, I think Reddit, UK personal finance is an awesome page for getting yourself clued up on basically everything, personal finance, saving, budgeting, investing, property, mortgages, all of that stuff. It's kind of like all of our Instagram pages just in like flat format, <laughs> I yeah. guess, yeah. like less pretty. Um, but it's taught me a lot. And again, it is people's opinions. So I'm not saying everything is factually correct on there, but it's an awesome, awesome resource uh, for learning about your finances. And if there's any any one thing I can plug, it would be um, the Reddit UK personal finance flowchart. So I don't know if your uh, listeners are aware of this, but they have like a really good flow chart on there and it's helped so many people and it just guides you through um, your personal situation and tells you um, what your next step should be. So for example, it would ask you, do you currently have debt? And if it's yes, then it will guide you to the next step to tell you what your uh, immediate next decision should or could be. So it's a really, really interesting flow chart. I would visit that. Um, and then my final piece of Mr. Avocado wisdom. To be honest, I'm going to be a bit uh, different and cheesy on this one. And I'm going to say, and this is very, very Mr. Avo of me, but people should treat themselves. Like sometimes I, I firmly believe this. And again, personal situation dependent, obviously. Like I completely understand uh, that in these times you know a lot of people are struggling to even buy groceries so how can you treat yourself but um we get so caught up i think in this personal finance grind Mm. that you often forget that you know there's no point of doing all of this if you're unhappy do you know what i mean you mentioned you you, you said the exact same thing at at the top end of of the um of the podcast but what's the point Mm. of handing out all these tips that we do and trying to teach people how to be better with their money if we're just making them more unhappy um having said that i think it's important to uh to remember that you're kind of you're kind of borrowing from your current self to reward your future self if that means there's this really good quote but i think 
Abraham Lincoln and he said something like discipline is deciding between what you want now and what you want the most yeah I do believe in that right like I think when you're faced with that big uh one-off luxury item purchase decision maybe just ask yourself like do I do I really need this or could I just not purchase this stash the money into my savings and boom like I've saved a couple of extra hundred this month rather than buying a PlayStation 5 if you can mm. find it if you do find it let me yeah, know yeah. because I'm struggling um but yeah <laughs> that that would be my third like kind of um indie alternative advice like just treat yourself once in a while yeah I love that point and uh yeah I, I really can uh I'm really I'm really for that as well and that's like you know you go to that uh Costa drive through because we can't sit in and you buy that Costa coffee and you uh you get that avocado from asda or wherever and you make that avocado and toast when you get home yeah treat, treat yourself yeah yeah love it exactly yeah spot on okay awesome excellent so just bringing us to the final part of the show now i ask uh my wonderful guests three random questions and um yeah they uh let's just start with question one then so question one is what is these just ran- random random questions about anything like yeah. moving on from finance okay cool yeah. all right let's do it let's yeah, do it yeah. it just it just changes it up a bit and just gives yeah our, i like it my listeners something you know like uh, off it's off topic so just to spice it up yeah um, man, it's fresh cool. awesome okay cool uh question one then what is your favorite movie oh man <laughs> it's one of those where you really want to get it right you really want to say something good what came into your head what was the first one that comes lion king i don't know why Ooh. but lion king it's a good one though right it's the original loves lion king. yeah but i did watch the um the disney plus remake recently it's actually quality i really like it uh it's Amazing. got some good singers in there as well it's got like beyonce and childish gambino really cool yeah. uh i don't know if that's my favorite but it did pop straight into my head <laughs> when you said that. Um, Would you want another one? Do you want another one? Yeah. Um, I'll come come back to me. It'll, it, it, yeah. It'll, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll keep thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Next one is what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Peanut butter. Oh, Has to be. Me like, too. I love peanut butter. Yeah, it's awesome. And And you don't find it all the time, but like, uh ben and jerry's i think they have a peanut butter cup flavor awesome really really good i haven't tried that but that's just made my mouth water literally hey get on it trust me get on it (laughs) uh wicked question three what's your favorite book that you've ever read um so i like shoe dog by phil knight i appreciate a lot of people say that but it's a really awesome book it's about uh so Phil Knight's the creator of Nike and it's basically about his his journey to create the company. I'll tell you why I really like it. Because you see a company that, like Nike, right? Maybe this is me. Maybe I just didn't know enough about uh, the sporting goods world. But I always just saw them as this giant who just crush all the competition and they've just always been that way. Mm. So it was really weird to read about how when he started trying to build Nike, he was tiny and Adidas was already there. Reebok was already there. Onitsuka Tiger was a huge company back then. And he went through so much, like so much. Like this dude was traveling to Japan and going into like, um, you know, markets to try and find the best material and stuff. He went through so much to try and um, build this company. And you look at them today and in my opinion, they are uh, the biggest sporting goods company in the world and it's easy so easy to assume that it's always been that way but he he built that company uh through a lot of resilience and um i found that really awesome um so yeah it would be shoe dog and then probably uh the hobbit i quite like the hobbit oh yeah awesome yeah yeah that's a good book yeah, I like that bit of bit of fiction and non-fiction. Yeah, I need to read yeah. shoe dogs on on my uh, my list. I, I'm really looking forward to read that because I've heard great things about it, and uh, I've never read The Hobbit, 
but I've watched the movies and they were okay. But I've I've been to Hobbiton, <laughs> so I've been I've been to the actual Hobbit place. Oh yeah, you said you went so, to New Zealand. Mm, that was pretty fun. But the annoying thing I've about it was, there. yeah, it's good. Like, it's really good. The only annoying thing is, it's like you're in a tour, and yeah, I bet it's so touristy. Like there's people climbing on top of the little hut and stuff and you're just trying to like enjoy it <laughs> well actually you're not even allowed to like climb on stuff like you can't like there's one of the houses you can go into and when you go in it's just a brick wall behind it sorry to crush any fans out there and that's uh, so, so disappointing <laughs> <laughs> and the tour kind of like hurries you along so you can't just wander around hobbiton which was annoying um yeah like groups behind you but you get to have a, a free alcoholic beverage at the dragon inn pub if you like green dragon all right that's 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 pretty cool it's a uh, bit different yeah but a cool experience nonetheless. I, I, I am disappointed though i always kind of pictured i would turn up because i really want to go to new zealand top of my list looks like a really really cool place i always just pictured i'd turn up and it would be like the movies like you just walk around and it's natural like yeah. gardens and stuff it really does feel like that, if I'm honest. Like, they've done such a good job, and obviously they have groundskeepers to keep it, you know, original and pristine. And also, you can pay a bit extra, and you can eat with uh, live hobby actors on the night time as well and have a feast with them. Wait, so... So, like... Wait, so hobbit actors, so the people who yeah. played the hobbits? No, just, just people, like... People that look like hobbits that are just, you know... They're like actors, but they work. For, <laughs> this is really they, sad. They though. work for Hobbiton, or they probably do other stuff in their spare time. Probably have a day job, but like I know, but it's it's like it's like yeah, it's like it's like midget hate, isn't it? I don't know. It's just <laughs> a bit sad because Hobbits are really small people, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I know probably, they don't exist in real life. Probably like but... they're probably like half my half my size. They're probably like three, four foot. These these actors, I didn't see any, but from from what I read about the experience, but I mean, they're getting paid a good wage for it. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there is that uh, positive, I guess. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> slavery. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, oh yeah, did you have uh, the film? Did you think of the movie? Uh, the only one that's coming to my head, I do really like this, but I appreciate it's a bit out there, but there's a, fr- there's a French film called um, The Untouchables. It's really good. Okay, is that you genuinely you genuinely really like it if you watch it? It's not it can't be the Untouchables in that mafia movie, is it? It's not can't be that. No, no, no. It's uh, no. It's about yeah. It's it's inspirational. I would highly yeah. recommend. Okay, it. I'll, uh, I'll I'll give that a little Google after this after this chat. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Well, Mr. Avocado, you've been uh, an absolute fantastic guest and it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, thanks for, for coming on and entertaining everybody for the past hour. No problem. It's been a pleasure to be on. I've really enjoyed it. I'm uh, I'm liking the All Right the all right show. Awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, future episodes. So have you done any travel episodes? or? Uh, I have done one, one travel episode, which was episode two for everyone uh, that wants to check that out. And that was with a lovely lady called In Wonderment who owns a travel business and like she does photography and uh, she's a travel agent and she travels around. Um, so okay. that's one to check out. Uh, but I will be interviewing more travel guests this year. I have contacted a few, but they're, they're hard to get hold of because they're always traveling, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they're out. They're out in like I don't know. Barcelona and you're, yeah, you're messaging yeah. them to do a podcast probably the last thing uh, <laughs> on their on their list exactly whilst exactly. they're traveling yeah yeah um so yeah but I will be getting more travel travelers on this year uh so but yeah so thanks for coming on anyway and awesome. uh, yeah you're welcome but that's been this this week's all right talk show we are back next week with another awesome guest and that is it from me ciao for now yeah.